God, we have worshipped you uh, through song, and we've worshipped you through these words uh, that come from the hearts of writers and that come from the hearts of people who have gone before us. But Lord, this morning we've, we've sung these songs as words that we want to express to you. And I pray that you have accepted and received our worship, and that at this time you would speak to our hearts and to our minds uh, and that you would clarify uh, things for us that maybe we haven't touched in a long time or we have avoided. And I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would minister to us this morning and speak to us and guide us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you're new with us today, my name is Ike Unger. I'm the lead pastor here at Deer Run Church, and it's an honor for me uh, to be able to speak to us. And we're starting, uh, as has been said, we're starting a new series today uh, called Inner Healing. I want to tell you a little story or a little situation that I'm dealing with or that I've dealt with. In my front yard, I had um, what, what I would have called a flower bed at some time, uh, at one point. Um, for, uh, for years and years, I, I worked at this flower bed. I, I'm not really a green thumb, and so I did my best. You know, I tried to make it look pretty, and I tried to put in all the different types of plants and and make it look good, and we had a nice border that went around it, and, and for the most part, I thought, I thought it looked good. But then one day, I noticed I was getting these weeds that would come up, and so I would, you know, do my parts and go out there multiple times a year, and I'd pull these weeds and, and try to uproot them, and and every single year, these, these weeds seemed to come back, and, and they had really deep roots, so one year I decided, you know, that this is it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to get it this time. I made myself, you know, a kind of a schedule. And I said, you know, today I am going to pull out every single weed out of this flower bed. And so I spent the day. And you know how it goes. You know, you slowly pull at this thing and all of a sudden, snap. You're like, ah. Oh. You're holding the weed, but the root is still in the ground. So you dig in with your finger, and you're trying to pull out the weed, and, you, and it snaps again, and you're holding just a little bit more of the root. And you dig in some more, and you get the tools, you know, little gardening tools, and again it snaps, and, and there's still this little root that remains. Now this happened over and over, and so you can imagine by the end of the day I had... I had a pretty frustrating day. So, over time, I just gave up. I just couldn't handle it anymore because every year the, the same roots would again sprout these weeds. And, and my flower bed looked more like a, a weed bed than a flower bed. And, and it, it, the plant didn't even have pretty flowers on it. So it just was not something I wanted to keep there. So I gave up, like I said. I removed the border, and now I just mow it. I just treat it like it's any other part of my yard, because who cares? It's like my neighbor once said, weeds are green too. And so 
whatever, it fits. Now, if you would drive by my house, um, <laughs> now you're all going to, if you drive by my house, uh, from the road, it, it doesn't actually look that bad. But the thing is, the root or the weed is still there. I think this is a picture, folks, of how many of us have dealt with our inner pain. How many of us have dealt with our inner wounds, with our destructive memories, our painful memories? How many of us have dealt with unhealthy behavior? We, we do our part, we do our best to, to cover up on the surface so that those driving by from the road look at it and say, well, all looks green from here, must be good. And yet, deep down, the root is still there. The weed still sprouts from time to time. And so today we want to start this series of inner healing, and, and we're going to try to define for us what that means and what that looks like. And my goal in my prayer is that this would help us to understand some of the pain that we may have that's buried deep in us. That we would be unable to understand our woundedness and that we would maybe even be able to understand why at times we respond in a way that we do that we might even say is very uncharacteristic. Why would I have done that? Why did I say that? My goodness, what was, what was going on? And often that can come from an unhealed wound that we have in our lives. So you might be asking, why do this series? I think the simple and yet honest answer is we need to. Over the years, I have witnessed many of you struggling with woundedness that you thought you had overcome, that you thought you'd resolved, and yet something happens and it's a trigger. And suddenly you find yourself going, like, I'm, I'm back there again. I, it feels like nothing has changed from and whatever it might be. I want to just speak for a moment to those of you who are over the age of 55. I find that many of you that are over the age of 55, you struggle to even admit you're hurt. You struggle to, to even really understand how to express it because you grew up at a time where you just had to toughen up and deal with it. And yet now as you become older, you're finding yourself more and more saying, like, what is this that is happening and why am I still there? So that's why we want to do this series. And so while it is okay to not be okay, it's not okay to stay there. It's not okay just to, to remain at a place where we're not okay. So if you're here today and you're like, I'm not okay, I, you're welcome here. We want people who are not okay to be part of this church. But we should not settle in and just say, I'm functioning, I'm able to get through, so I'm just going to leave it be. We should always strive towards healing. As Jesus followers, many of us may be tempted to say, well, I've given it all to Jesus, and therefore, why hasn't he given us a magic fix? Why isn't there just some miraculous healing that takes place and I no longer have to deal with the pain of the past or the woundedness in my life? See, many of us, many of you, 
You've experienced that kind of healing from Christ. And, and he does give that. And from time to time, you meet people who have, who have experienced complete and total healing from all of their woundedness in the past. But I do want to caution us that that is not always the case in every area or for every person. Healing is a journey. And it's a difficult journey. But it's a journey that we must all be willing to go on. So the question I want to answer first is, what is inner healing? Now, there's different definitions. There's, there's people who are actually very against this term. But Charles, Charles Kraft, uh, who is a former professor, professor at Fuller Theology Seminary, he wrote a book called Defeating Dark Angels. And he refers to it as deep level healing, the same word that could be used for, for inner healing. And he defines it as this. He says, deep level healing or inner healing is a ministry in the power of the Holy Spirit aimed at bringing healing and freedom to the whole person. To the whole person. It focuses on healing the hurts held in memories often by helping people to experience Jesus' presence in the memories and to give him the hurt. So inner healing, in part, is then finding healing for the whole person and inviting Jesus into those places where we have experienced woundedness. Similarly, a man by the name of Father um, McLair, um, a um, Catholic priest, he describes inner healing as this. He says, inner healing fills in the gap between the love that was needed and the love that was received. Then the person moves to a deeper healing from which the experience can be seen in a positive light. So inner healing fills in the gap between what should have been and what was. Between what shouldn't have been and what was. The love that should have been received and the love that wasn't received. So broadly speaking, we could say that inner healing is a practice that seeks the restoration of broken places through reconciliation with God, with neighbor, people around us, and with self. You might be surprised to find that inner healing is a common biblical theme. The prophet Isaiah, uh, he speaks about the anointed one who is coming, this anointed one of God, and he describes what this anointed one of God will do. And it was read to us already this morning. So Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 to 3. Listen to what the anointed one of God will do. It says, the Spirit, capital S, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me. Because the Lord has anointed me, to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness, from darkness for the comfort uh, for, for the prisoners, to proclaim the Lord's, the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. And provide for those who grieve in Zion. To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. Of oil, of joy instead of mourning. And a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. 
they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. Now if you go to Luke chapter 4, you're going to see a beautiful connection here. In Luke chapter 4, Jesus is in the synagogue in Nazareth. In the very first sermon Jesus gives, he quotes Isaiah 61. Isaiah speaking about what the anointed one will do. Jesus quotes this passage and he says, It has now been fulfilled before your very eyes. Jesus is the one who gives freedom. And this freedom is not only, is not only for us after we pass away. The good news is concerned with binding up the brokenhearted now, here and now. It is about comforting those who mourn here and now, not only once we've passed away. Turning despair into praise here and now. You need to understand the trauma that Jesus endured allows for humanity to be set free from their trauma. The pain and the agony that Jesus endured allows us to be set free from our pain and agony. God's will revealed in Christ Jesus is that believers will live out this ministry of holistic Holy Spirit ministry to the whole person. Not just in one area of your life, but in the whole of your life, in the whole person. All of us are wounded in some ways. And all of our wounds are not always our own doing. Some of the wounds that you and I carry, some of the wounds that we have experienced, have been caused by others. So I want to push back against this idea that, that if you do good, you'll receive good, and if you do bad, you'll receive bad. We need to be very careful with that kind of thinking. Because not all the bad we experience is a result of something bad that we have done. Wounds can come in many forms, and they need to be addressed, and they need to be processed with much care, much patience, and with much love. And I want to cautiously say, some people have experienced trauma to the degree that it disrupts their normal development process. This is so severe that this individual or person who's experienced this needs to go see professional help. And they need to address this trauma that they have endured because it impacts their whole lives. So I want to talk for us, to us a moment about getting stuck. See, wounds in our lives will cause us at times to get stuck in certain places or we're going to have these barriers in our lives that we seem to struggle to move past. Let's just look at four of the areas that we may get stuck or, or barriers that we may end up with. The first one is memories. Whether recent or distant or even very distant, regardlessly, what happens is the person finds that it is leaking, the past is leaking into their present. We're going to spend much more time talking about memories next Sunday, but here a person can't push past the memory. It's something that happened in them, to them. It's something that they experienced or something that is in their memory. And as hard as they try to move beyond this memory, this memory keeps playing out in their mind. 
and they find themselves stuck there, not able to fully move on. Another one area that we can get stuck is false beliefs. These are messages about God, about self, and maybe even events that are not true. These messages do not line up with Scripture. The person may believe a hurtful word or words that were used and they begin to repeat these words to themselves and suddenly their identity is actually formed around a false belief. Another one is emotion. Woundedness can cause emotions and and we find ourselves stuck with these emotions or they are a barrier to us. For some, they find that the emotions get in the way of truly living out their faith, truly living out their lives. Emotions like despair, anxiety, anger, depression seem to come out of nowhere sometimes. And these are a constant burden or a constant barrier or an area where the person is stuck and it is a result of woundedness in their life. And then there's behavior. These behaviors are a result or acting out sometimes from the woundedness where the person comes from. And this behavior becomes almost like a prison that the person finds themselves in, acting and doing things that do not line up with the freedom that they have in Jesus. Now I want you to hear this. These are experienced by people who genuinely love Jesus and who desire to follow him. And yet somehow, these four, or one of these four areas or or struggles is a place that they cannot seem to find full freedom from. These are caused by wounds that we carry with us. I want to introduce you to a person, maybe you know him already, Terry Wardle. Terry Wardle has written and spoken on this topic of woundedness at length. And I want to use some of his definitions and his material to help us understand some of the different types of woundedness that may be here today. According to Wardle, there are five different kinds or types of wounds that we experience in our lives. And the important thing to remember is that in each of these wounds, they're, they're very different in nature. In each of these wounds, Jesus can bring us healing. And before we start, I do want to just take a moment and say, I am going to do my best to not trigger memories. Some of you, as we talk about these wounds, you may, they may trigger memories or they may trigger you. And today, after the service, if if that has happened at all, would you please come and we would love to pray with you and walk with you during this season and during, during this time of healing. The first type of wound that we want to look at is the wound of aggression. These tend to occur during childhood. These are things that happen to a child that should not happen. Wounds of aggression can be any form of abuse, whether sexual abuse, physical abuse, emotional, spiritual, or verbal abuse. Being overly criticized as a child or an adolescent can also um, cause a lasting negative impact. You see, children are not able to handle that kind of trauma. They are not able 
to sort out the truth from a lie. They're not able to sort out what is healthy and what is unhealthy, and it becomes something that is very traumatic to a child when they experience these wounds of aggression. Then as an adult, as a person becomes an adult, the wound can become part of their identity, especially if it was caused by someone who should have protected or extended love to the child. So while it may be in the past, the pain still remains. I've met with people who told me that they would be told when they were young that if they didn't listen, God would punish them. And this child would hear this, and in the immediate moment, it may have caused them to behave a certain way. It may, the parent may have thought, or the, the adult may have thought, oh, see, now they're listening. But what it did for this child is it developed a fear of God that was not healthy. And even as an adult, I've met with adults who have no peace, who feel to this day that if they mess up, God is going to punish them. And then when something happens in their life, well, this must be because I am bad and now God is punishing me. That's a result of a wound of aggression. Wounds of aggression can, are destructive. Healing must take place, not only for the abuse that was done, but also for the fear, for the uncertainty, for the shame, for the confusion, for the betrayal that came with the wound of aggression and with the aggression. A second one that we want to look at is a wound of withholding. And each of these, we're just going to touch on them lightly today. Wounds of withholding is the second one. Every child should be raised in an environment where they are loved, where they are encouraged, and where they are safe. A child needs to experience the thrill of a parent or a grandparent or, or a loved one delighting in their presence or being delighted by them being in their presence. Small things like greeting them at the door, making their favorite snack, being praised, giving lots of hugs, etc., etc. Children need this kind of love. And I know sometimes we're so concerned about, you know, overly, you know, making children feel like they're the center of the world. A little child needs to feel like they are the center of the world. When this doesn't happen, those wounds of withholding can creep in. What should have been given, what could have been given, was withheld. Wounds of withholding can come in the form of neglect, whether emotional or physical. When the parent has time but doesn't take time. When the parent seems more concerned about giving money than time and love. When the parent is home but not home. Instead they're on their device or instead they're doing their thing. And the child has to somehow figure out, why is the parent home but doesn't want to be with me? And again, there are boundaries. I get that. I often tell people when I speak with them, sometimes the pain that was caused is not by what was done to us, but by what wasn't done for us. I've seen grown adults wrestle with the question, why did their parents not want to be with them? 
and the message the child usually hears and the message the child concludes with is I am not lovable and I am unwanted. I'll tell you a quick story. A woman came years ago and she told me a story of when she was eight years old. She was in her room and through the crack in the door she could see her dad watching television and in her young, naive, eight-year-old mind She came up with this image of what it would be like to run over, cuddle up with her dad, and watch TV together. Most of us here would say, well, that is hardly unreasonable. And so she risked it all. And she ran, jumped on the couch, cuddled up to her dad, waiting for him to wrap his arm around her and watch TV together. Instead, her dad shoved her away asked her, what is wrong with you? Leave me alone. This young woman, close to 30 years later, was in my office and sat there weeping as she was still trying to understand what was wrong with her. This experience left her with a distorted and shattered view of herself and a view of God. I remember her saying, if my dad thinks something's wrong with me, what must God think of me? Wounds of withholding. Third one, wounds of event trauma. This could be caused while we were younger or something in the recent past or even now, today. These can, cause, these, can be, these can include natural disasters, death, car accidents or other accidents, sudden or difficult illnesses. After the tornado happened here in Leamington in 2010, I've talked to many of you who have said to me, I was never scared of thunderstorms until then. That is a wound of event trauma. Even though the tornado wasn't that, that, that bad. Now, Talk to the people who were hit directly, they would argue with me. But many of us would say it wasn't all that bad for, or even for those of us who didn't experience it, it left a mark. And today, with all of the exposure to information that we have, many people are actually experiencing what is called secondhand trauma. It's not that this has actually happened to us, but we, we don't know how to process all of the trauma that is happening around the world. This can happen not only from the news or information like that. This can also be caused by movies and by video games that have a lot of violence or gore in them. It disrupts our natural development. And we need to be very, very aware of what we're allowing into our lives because unbeknownst to us, we may be experiencing wounds of event trauma. And the fourth one, wounds of betrayal. This betrayal isn't necessarily that of a husband or wife betraying each other as devastating and hurtful as that is. Instead, this type of betrayal is the result of the betrayal of abuse of power or the abuse of authority that is misused, broken trust or injustice. Someone that had power in your life and then used that power for their advantage. This could be a teacher could be an aunt or uncle, a grandparent, a parent, a police officer, employer, a doctor, a pastor. 
with each of these roles, a certain level of power, a certain level of authority and influence is given. And many people who have come from a very strict religious background have had spiritual leaders, pastors, who use their power, their authority to take advantage of people. I've spoken with many over the years who have experienced this type of betrayal. This kind of abuse can have a deep impact because the person that is experiencing it is an unequal distribution of power, is experiencing this unequal distribution of power. It is the responsibility of the person in power to empower the others. When that does not happen, this can cause hurt and confusion. The person feels powerless. They don't know who to trust. They don't know where to go. And the more the person feels this way, the more powerful the other person becomes. And this skews. When this type of wound is not processed and healed, this will skew a person's view of God. It's easy to see how a person who has, been, who has repeatedly experienced abuse from someone who is in power over them will struggle to trust an all-powerful God. Their experience with power left them at a disadvantage. It makes them feel threatened. It, gives, it takes away their sense of safety and security. How is such a person to trust a God who is all-powerful? And then finally, the fifth one is the wound of long-term duress. I'm told and I've read and studied in different books that there are two types of stress. Eustress, which is good stress. This is the type of stress that makes you feel excited and, and it causes your heart to, your pulse to increase. But it happens without the feeling of threat or the fear of danger. You know, maybe like, oh, I'm almost there and it's exciting. And all of a sudden you find all this energy and you're excited. And, and there isn't danger associated with this feeling. And then there's duress. Maybe someone makes a threat or uses coercion to force someone to do something against their will. And you can imagine this weighs on a person it brings them down. Long-term duress is sometimes called the water torture of trauma. A person can handle something once or twice in their life, but over time it wears them down. If you are told that you're not as smart as one of your family members, or that you're not as pretty as someone else, or that you can't do things as well as someone that you know, hearing this once is painful and hurtful and, 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 and damaging. But hearing that over and over, over a long period of time, completely erodes a person's confidence and can even alter the person's identity. It could be something that seems as trivial as a humiliating nickname. Maybe it was what you were called when you were a child, and now that you're an adult, you're like, please, I hate that. Or it's a name that's associated with, with an insecurity or an area of whatever it might be in your life. And you're like, don't call me that. And over time, this nickname or this comment or these words or whatever it might be 
begin to consistently, or over a consistent time, bring you down and cause you to struggle, and it's a wound that needs healing. And sadly, many people are shaped by these kind of words over a long period of time. These wounds can distort the view that we have of people around us, and they can also become a disorder in the sense that we literally are not able to function as we should in the world around us. So those are the five types of woundings that many of us in this room are possibly wounded by. So as you listen to this list, you may be tempted to dismiss them. After all, some of this stuff happened a long time ago. Why would I bring this up now? Or maybe you're even embarrassed. You're embarrassed by the fact that something that was done to you then still affects you now. Or maybe you're just in denial. Refusing to accept what was done to you and the impact that is having on you. So today's sermon, today's talk, I hope has caused you to just go there. To just go there. To just allow yourself for a moment to say, what are the wounds that I'm carrying? What are the type of wounds that are in my story? And maybe you found healing. And, and praise God if you did. I'm not for one second suggesting that, that you're all sitting here going, yeah, and I'm still there. Maybe some of you have found tremendous healing, and, and we praise God for that. But I want us all, though, to consider for a moment what type of wounds are in our story. We would give a mic now and just walk around the room and say, tell us your story. I guarantee you we would have only one or two people talk and one of these wounds would be there. Second thing I want you to consider is how are these wounds affecting you today? How are these wounds still leaking into your life now? Have these wounds leaked into your present? Unaddressed wounds, as I said before, they can distort our view of reality. They can distort our view of, of God and ourselves. And if we leave these wounds unaddressed, all of a sudden we may even find ourselves in a sense of disorder where we are doing things that we know is a result of something. And we, we sit there and we say, why do I do these things? Why do I feel this way about myself? It's a result or a part of the disorder that these wounds can cause. So as your pastor and as your spiritual leader, I want to remind us that Jesus came. And we're going to look at this more next week. But Jesus came to heal, to restore, and to bring renewal to you now. So if you need, after the service is done, to take some time. And to just process before you get up, because I know what happens in your life. All of us, we have this. We, we get up from here and, and the world happens. Would you take some time, maybe before you leave if you can, 
And just ask yourself, are these wounds in my life? Which of these is, is in my life? Is it still affecting me? Is it impacting my family? Is it leaking into my current reality? And if yes, if yes, and if you can name them, to begin to pray specifically for God to bring healing to you in that area. Let me pray with you. And we're going to throw a screen up. It just has some quiet music in the background. And I would just ask you, if you leave, if you're leaving, would you do so quietly? And if you would want to stay, and just take a moment, a few minutes, to just remain silent before God, to begin this process of healing, I want to encourage you to do that. And if you would like prayer, I would love to pray with you before you leave. Let's, let's close in prayer. Father God, I thank you so much that all of these wounds that we have talked about today, that these are all wounds that you can bring healing to. And so Lord, I pray that you would, that you would minister to our hearts. And if someone's sitting here and it's shame that's keeping them from wanting to admit to it, I pray, God, that you would release them of that shame. It's not their fault. Maybe there's someone else here who's just so afraid to go there, to open this up. God, I pray you would give them strength and courage. So we just depend on you, Jesus. You told us that we are to come to you when we are weary, when we are burdened. And so we're coming now, Jesus, with our brokenness, with our woundedness. And we pray for the journey of healing to begin. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So again, if you are dismissed, but would you please leave quietly? Thank you very much.